Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, episode number 56 of the Runabout Podcast coming into your hot little ears this week. If you got your ears pierced, buddy, take those earrings out because they're about to get steamy. You don't want to burn yourself. <laughs> that was one of me best. That was one of me best. You practiced that with didn't you? I made that one up on the spot. I was actually going to say episode 56, pick up sticks. That's a bit too generic for snacks. So. <laughs> you, keep, you keep going to the bingo hall, mate. <laughs> I love bingo. You've missed your calling. <laughs> I'm disappointed I can't do episode 11, legs 11 again. But anyway, DL, talk to me. How are we? Stags, I'm good. Mate, the boys are coming off a big UFC 265, but Snags, you know what's even bigger? Boys got the small bat win on the weekend. Oh, what an arousing ride of emotions that was. We might even talk about that in the potty once we get to Punners Club, I think. Tell tell the listeners a bit of a paint the picture of the weekend. (laughs) Mate, it was good. It was actually a little bit wild. We had a couple other bets on and there was just a, a little bit of extra cash in the kitty. Actually, we've got someone on the potty today that might uh, help us out with this conversation a little bit later. But uh, boys thought we'd uh, just roll a little bit into the small bat and the, the run went till uh, midnight, which was really good. Boys cleaned up nicely. So uh, good to get some faith back in the boys. The uh, fun managers were sweating a little bit. We got it over the line. But anyway, UFC takes a little bit of a break this week. So there's no cards. So we're going to try to throw a few picks at on the next one. So that's coming up. And then they roll into a, a contender series kind of run in the UFC with a couple of little fight night cards sprinkled it in. So a couple of different potties coming up for the boys, which is going to be exciting. And then at the end of September, we've got Volk Ortega, UFC 266. Snags, you caught any of the tough series at all? Uh, look, I don't like lying to you, so I'm going to say no because I haven't. <laughs> I actually, no, I've watched two episodes. Yeah. Uh, you know, boys, Snags is just not much of a TV man. No, that's fine. I watch the fights on the weekend, a bit of sport, but uh, that's about the only times the old TV gets turned on unless I'm in there uh, getting revived by one of you three on Call of Duty because <laughs> I usually just get slayed every time we play it. So that's the only time I usually turn the TV on, boys. Well, boys, one person that is a fan of the Tough Series is our boy Stoney, who's out this week. Big week for Stoney this week. He's uh, moving into a new house. Uh, he's got lots going on at work as well. So I told him, mate, Maybe just have this one out. We've got you covered. Deserves it. And before I tell you who covers him this week, which is exciting, I might introduce another bloke. One that is uh, part of the the fund managers in our small bout run. Statman, how are you? I'm doing really well. Yesterday, Sunday, uh, we're recording on the Monday, obviously. The Sunday was a huge one with um, the UFC 265. Lots of great fights then. And then we rolled it into a really, really successful night. By the end of it, uh, six boys in, five boys in the to the run, and only the fund managers still awake. Everyone else was <laughs> snoozing, but the chat was <laughs> the chat was absolutely going off. So, woke up feeling nice and fresh this morning. Bit of money in the pocket and memories of some good fights in the background as well. Yeah, oh, nice. Well, mate, the MVP of uh, the small bat investors, as our group chat is called, the MVP of that run is our special guest this week because if we didn't have him. A couple of the multis, everyone's multi went bust up. Hmm. And uh, this man solely brought us into the cash that then led to the small bat run. So uh, w- without further ado, it's absolutely my pleasure, my honor, and also other words of great dignitary <laughs> to uh, welcome Frank Not Dylan, man of many names, man of many <laughs> talents. Welcome to the party, my friend. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. It uh, feels like a bit of a... You know, it's come full circle. You were one of the first uh, MMA pages I, I linked up with when I started mine, and um, yeah, feels feels good to be here. Thanks for having me. We've um, 
come off a I, I almost had a disappointing weekend. I, I went nine and one on the on the picks, but I went really small on the units for some stupid reason. I'm usually a degenerate, and I went really small, so I only made a little <laughs> a little amount. But good to get on the small bat win with you, fellas. Yeah, oh, mate. It was uh, it was a pleasure having you aboard, and as per usual, Frank carrying the boys. So. Uh we thank you more than you thank us. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, before we get too far into the pod, thank our sponsors. Humble Fightwear is a jiu-jitsu brand that celebrates one of the most important parts of martial arts, becoming humble snags. Look, this brand is as humble and as passionate about martial arts as the boys on this potty are about uh, MMA and also, you know what, Russian table tennis because that's where we get after it. And we are not – we are always humble about our wins. We stick it in the back pocket and we keep going. Uh, but look, we love the brand and uh, Statman, where can you find them? Uh, on their Instagram page, give them a follow. Go to www.humblefightwear.com.au. Help them spread good vibes one purchase at a time. And for being amazing runner-back listeners, the legends at Humble Fightwear are giving you 15% off your entire order. Snags, how do they get that? This is basically like a free bet. It's like a bonus bet or a cashback. So drop about seven items in the cart. Type in the code word RRB15 and grab yourself a doozy little bonus bet of a checkout. Tell them, tell them, tell them Small Bat sent you this week. <laughs> Who knows? Another one that Luke's going to really enjoy. Boys, we might jump into the podcast quickly. Uh, actually, before I jump into this next segment, feedback coming thick and fast around Snag's oh, effort in the last couple of episodes. me up this week. Most of them asking for the producer to step in and uh, just straighten him up a fraction. Just do your fucking job. Just producer. a just yeah, no, just a fraction. Uh, so let me introduce Wood Snags Lie. My boys, I'm actually strongly offended, and I feel like uh, retiring my retiring my microphone after that barrage of disrespect that was sent at me today. Uh, we all know I'm about 3 and 12 for segments that are good. Uh, the seven have some not made it to air, but this one definitely going to because uh, the producers give me a heads up for this one. And uh, Statman's counting, can't count, so just leave yourself alone. 3 plus 7 is not 12, but that's fine. It's all good. We're way to ruin the segment already, okay? It's not mathletics, okay? It's wood snags lie. <laughs> so, boys, how this one's going to work? <laughs> you, you got me earlier. <laughs> 3 plus 7. <laughs> it's ten. <laughs> You're like three of them did work, seven of them did out of twelve. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, two were neutral boys. Two were it's just like half marks. Do you remember mathematics at school? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, we've gone early. Okay, <laughs> extra boys. long intro music too. This it's week like, is Wood Snags Why? So what we're going to do is I'm going to tell you two stories from Snags' past. Okay. One of them is going to be true. One of them is going to be a lie. You boys are welcome to ask as many questions as you like to figure it out. And then each of you can say which one's true, which one's a lie. And you'll get a point. We could probably roll this one on for moons, many moons, because Snag's got too many stories in the book. So, boys, are you ready? Ready, so Yes, we are ready, ready. Do you know that song? I think that's someone's celebration song after they win victory song. Okay, story number one. Frank, Frank's going to be scarred after the party. <laughs> Story number one. You boys know Snags likes to get a little bit adventurous when we go out, right? Especially when we're at events. You guys knew what happened at UFC. Forget what number, but me and Deal have never been to a UFC event. So only <laughs> Statman and Stoney have. Jokes. We're all there together. Snags, that event got ringside. Cage side, sorry. Boys said I couldn't do it. Done it. Because I've done it a million times before. So one time, 
That's how I should start all my stories. One time, uh, Snags went to the state of origin. Does anyone remember the year that the Blues finally broke the curse? It's been a uh, long time. It's been a long time, Hainsy. So Snags obviously just bought general admission that day because, you know, wanted to sit amongst the commoners because I'm a common man, um, not above the common man at all. But I thought to myself, look, if you're going to enjoy this moment, you should get a couple of boys into the box. So I decided to take the boys on a little trip that I usually do. Done it a couple of times at the footy in just general games. And uh, we walked ourselves through three security guards um, each time. Easiest way to get through, just listen to the listeners, is uh, you grab two drinks so you can't get your ticket out of your pocket and you walk through and just pretend like you've been in that section before. And you go, hey, mate, oh, thanks. Door, walk straight through. Three security guards to work for. Snags get him and three of the boys up into the private section with the private bar in the box for the last 20 minutes of the game. Um, and it was an absolute doozy to be around. Would recommend it. Done it many times. Very easy. People actually get nervous, but it's all about confidence. Confidence is key. So that's story number one. Story number two, one time, paint the picture. Snags playing local footy, uh, as you boys know, absolute uh, reserve grade superstar. I was playing first grade this year. Club hadn't won a premiership in 25 years, would you imagine? Uh, we're playing our arch rivals, Port Macquarie. Absolutely just a day for the town of the boys turning it on in uh, the local at Warhope. Snags in the second half goes over from about 15 out and just basically seals the game for the town. Town goes wild, and uh, you don't see snags for about four or five days after that because the boys win, break the drought of 25 years. So that's uh, story number one. Story number two for the week, boys. Over to you. Questions, discussions. Has anyone got a true or false to begin with? I've got one question. Go. Um, Specifically about the state of origin. Yes. Um, Two beers past the security. Yep, correct. Into the box, you get your boys into the box. The private area of yep. where the boxes are, yep. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So and there was just an empty box there, like no, just no. at the state of origin, just, just said so we got one. into the private bar that was near the empty boxes if you listened. So you just hung out in the private bar. Well, have just, you been to the private section before? Obviously not. So you just hung out at the bar? Could you even see the game from the bar? Overlooks the game. Oh yeah. Okay. Never and no been one there bothered all. you. You just all sat there, no one you didn't. Well you get looked back straight out into the field stat man. Did did all you your know, friends have a beer each? So they had, <laughs> just, like, just did they all have two, two beers, beers each? each. That was the plan. Two beers each. Boys God, have to have two beers because otherwise one sec he's going to ask one person for a ticket. You can't do it. You boys have seen me do it before. Right, cool. so, yeah, that's that was, that's what makes me think. We've seen you do it before. So you yeah. know that we would think that, yeah. well, that seems believable yeah, because logical, you've done right? it before. Mm-hmm. What you'd it's also just... think that I was a first-grade superstar and scored a try from 50 out to break a drive 25 years for the Warhope Blues. <laughs> Please. I believe Warhope hasn't won for 25 years. I'd believe that. Yeah. <laughs> was it 50 yet or 15? 15 no. was. To your own self, Rank. Depends how many drinks I had that night. What position did you play? Uh, yeah, I was number question. 14, but I started at hooker. Good question. Bit of a utility. Well, I started at hooker. It was a bit of a strategic play. They're like, oh, here's the interchange. So were you out of position for that play? No, no. 14's hooker, interchange. Hooker so. the what was the year? score when you, when you went over the, the, uh, the line? Oh, Good question, the Frank. score. I think it and that score took us to twenty six ten. Just closed out the game. I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, did, did you say? say? It was the winning try. No, <laughs> the winning try. No, was I, I think you said clinched it. I well, think you think about it. If it's twenty ten, if it's twenty ten, you're only you're only two tries behind. When you you know that game when you got a multi on Frank and they're they're ten in front and they score one and they go sixteen in front. Fucking wrap it up. Don't throw your ticket out. Go and cash it in. <laughs> 
But no one celebrates. No one becomes a living legend because they scored the third try <laughs> past the point, right? You didn't know if that was the last one, mate. That was wrap it up. No, it was to wrap it up. And four days. I don't believe that. Can both bender. of these be false? I, be- I, no, I believe I believe that Stags would 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 ride the how, celebration. How old for were you days. then? Oh God, how old was I then? Do you want me to quickly figure it out? Yeah, because how old were you then? you've got yeah. three kids, and I guarantee you would have to be in your teenage years to disappear for four days. What's seventeen, what? eighteen? Oh, oh, he wouldn't have been first grade at seventeen, eighteen, would he? Yeah, here we first go. Grade. I think we've found our way in, boys. I think Frank's already be- found you out anyway, but that's. Cool. I was twenty-one. I was 21. turning 21 that year. Turning 21 that year. So it was How tall are Me. <laughs> yeah. 175 centimetres. He's What's got that? a hooker build. He's got a hooker build. Okay. I was probably weighing in at that time about 86 kilos. He's got, yeah, he's got a, he's got a Badiris frame. Mostly, Frank, be surprised, mostly played in the halves my whole life, to be honest. A bit of Cody Walker. Oh, I didn't like running the ball that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Yeah. Just okay, boys. Mate. Let's go around the let's go around the room. Let's let's uh let's nail this down. I'm gonna say the second story is false. That's what I'm gonna lock. The football in. one. I'm gonna say the football one is They're both football ones. The second oh, one. Oh sorry, the snag scoring a try <coughs> winning the comp. Second one. Second one for me is, is I'm false. I'm going I'm going the origin. I don't believe the origin story. You don't believe the origin story? Can I have one more question? Just the last one. Go for yep. it. Whereabouts on the whereabouts did you score the try? I Under scored the goalpost. Just to the right of the goalpost, probably about Seven meters from the right of the goalpost in the southern. I'm going specific, with the second mate. story. <laughs> that's, too, that's too specific. <laughs> so wait, who's got what? I've got story two being a lie. I've got origin being a lie. Origin. I'm so with you. The winner is Statman. Stang should get over. <laughs> we end up winning the game 2009, 32-10 against our arch rivals, Port Macquarie Breakers. And, uh, oh. boys, I'll share in the group chat uh, Snags' Mad Monday outfit because it's an absolute perler. <laughs> uh, it's probably about the, the only thing I did in that game. If you saw that try, I didn't do much. Just picked up a loose ball and strolled over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, Snags. Oh, God, I've had the boys stumble this week, didn't we? That was good shit. That was yeah, good shit. That was good. Enjoyed that. I was second-guessing it. The second you were like, yeah, exactly seven metres from the top. I'm like, oh, shit, he's getting, he's getting so specific. Mate, I can remember it like it was he's yesterday. Getting- I can even remember which way the ball about when it popped into my hands. Don't, don't worry. He's getting confident. Whew. Stumbled a couple of boys this week. It was good. Two to one. That's a good win. Yeah, nice. Well done. He did well, it's mate. It's a good one. I like I liked that game. Well done, Snakes. Played nice. I was thinking of other ridiculous nice things that have happened in my life that I can say publicly. <laughs> save, I know save, them stories. save them stories. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's jump into a leaderboard update. Uh, Statman. Can you run us through the whole card? Because on our socials, we did actually pick on our yeah. uh, on the podcast. We only picked one, but in our socials, yeah. we picked the whole card. So, so we we, we also picked we picked two fights for UFC Vegas thirty three as well. Mm-hmm. One of them fell through. The Shamila Abdurakhimov and Chris Dawkins fell through, but Sean Strickland defeated Uriah Hall by unanimous decision. And then on UFC two sixty five, we picked two fights on that one again. But um, the Amanda Nunes Juliana Pena fight fell through. Um, at last minute as well, uh, which is really, really unfortunate. I mean, it was a foregone conclusion, but it was still was unfortunate. As far as the main card goes for UFC 265, Song Yadong defeated Casey Kenny by split decision. I say that, that yeah, <laughs> split decision. Women's strawweight bout between Tisha Torres and Angela Hill. Tisha Torres defeated Angela Hill by unanimous decision. Uh, Vicente Luque defeated Michael Chiesa by Das Choke in the welterweight division. Jose Aldo defeated Pedro Munoz, which I think was on our um, Ned's 
bet as well, as well as being one of the uh, fundamental fights to our small bat run on the weekend. Thank you very much, Frank. Uh, and then Cyril Garn <laughs> defeated Derek Lewis by TKO in the third. In, in what was a what was an interesting bout uh, to claim the interim heavyweight championship. I think we're going to touch on that a little bit later. Yeah, it was interesting. And what was even more interesting is that it tied us up. Three-way tie at the top. So, uh, unfortunately for Statman, he's either second or last, whichever you want to sit with that, mate. So uh, no, I'll take last. It gives me more fire, you know? Okay, cool. Chip on the shoulder. I like it. Snags, myself, and Stoney. All sitting at three, boys. It'd be interesting to see how the cards go for the next couple of months, being a little bit sparse, but uh, there's a big opportunity for someone to break out. I don't think we need to go into too much details on the leaderboard today. Uh, We might jump straight into Hot Take. We now have two heavyweight champions of the UFC. I know we talked about this on the last episode, but now we know the outcome. Can you see this being an optimum outcome for the UFC? Lewis had his chance in Houston. Gain, now clear number one contender. Is that a win-win? Look, Snags, firmly yes for the win-win. Gain looked bloody delicious on the weekend, for one. I said to the boys in the group chat, I think Craig Oss asked the question, are we disappointed in Lewis? And I said... Uh, he just looked like a teenage boy about to get his first root and was just a bit nervous <laughs> to stick it in. Because um, he was just a bit too tentative. It was a bit bit upsetting to watch, but, mate, I think he was tentative just from gain speed. Like, that dude is quick for a big boy. And we know Snags got over from 15 out in the grand final in 09, but damn boy, he was very fast. So uh, I'm looking forward to the next fight. Yeah, I think Gunn, they say that he, he fights like a lightweight at heavyweight and it's absolutely accurate. The only reason I don't consider this a win-win was this fight, the Derek Lewis-Cyril Garn fight, almost discredited the heavyweight title. Uh, and in a lot of the promo, half of the promo was spent bashing Francis Ngannou, one of the most marketable champions that the UFC has. So I think that there's potentially a damage to the relationship that Francis Ngannou and the UFC has, that this fight just maybe wasn't even worth it. Garn now is obviously a credible challenger, I'm super excited for the Francis Ngannou Cyril Garn fight, but I would have been without this fight to begin with. So I'm just more worried about the reputation of the UFC heavyweight title at this point. Um, yeah, I would say it's a win-win. I agree with uh, Statman in that you know the UFC probably could have handled it uh, better with with Ngannou um, and that whole lead-up. But to be honest, it feels like you know Dana and the UFC actually have a time machine at times. You know, with MMA getting sanctioned in, in Paris and the whole build-up of that Garn, the Garnu sparring partner um, kind of hype and, you know, everything that comes with that, it all just leads to dollar signs and, you know, whether you you like the dollar signs or not, it's that's how you judge a W and to me, that's a win. Oh, that was arousing. It's good. Good shit. So the listeners' poll was pretty strong. Uh, 85% said yes, a win-win to the UFC. Jose Aldo continues to wind back the clock in a dominant performance over Pedro Munez. Do we see a situation where we could see Jose Aldo compete for gold once again? Uh, look, unless he's competing for Stoney's tiny little belt, I'm going to have to put it out there and say no. <laughs> and I do apologise to Aldo for that. But uh, 
let's just hope he has a couple of good fights, but I don't I don't see him making a run for the strap. I think it's a, it's a hard bout to rerun Peter Yarn versus Jose Aldo. I do see a path for him. I see Jose Aldo versus Dominic Cruz perhaps as a really, really exciting bout. And then with a victory over Cruz, you can't really deny him. Um, an interesting stat that I saw coming out this weekend was that since their meeting, Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor has won three UFC fights and Jose Aldo has actually won five. Cool. Um, so really, really exciting numbers uh, for Jose Aldo. Kind of insane numbers coming out from Jose Aldo. So who's to say? Um, pretty impartial either way, to be honest with you. I mean, I think you got to remember a couple of things. Munoz is... You know, a pretty good stylistic matchup for Aldo. Um, plays into his hands. The second thing, you know, three-round Aldo is where he's better. He shines there. Win five rounds, he normally fades. So probably a little bit tougher to see him winning a title fight given that they're five rounds. And, yeah, as Statman said, with Peter Yarn at the top, it's probably a no, unfortunately. But, you know, it's good to see legends thriving. Let's go, listeners. Going against the boys on this one. So 65% said yes and 35% said no. Dreaming. Interesting. Vicente Luque was elite in his first round sub against Michael Chiesa. Luque then called out Usman, a friend and a former training partner, calling for a chance after Usman gets past Colby. On the other side... Chester cited it was the first time in his career his own pressure was too much. Does Luke get a chance at Usman? And what's your thoughts on Chester's comments? Uh, look, I think we're predetermining. Look, oh, that's a new segment for me. Snags is crystal ball. I like that one. But we're basically crystal ball in this bad boy so Usman gets past Colby again. Uh, I'm looking forward to that fight, so I will not predict the future because I don't know what's going to happen there. I think Usman would get the win, but uh, I'm more looking forward to that fight than anything, and I'm hoping that one day... When I go further receding of my front hairline, I'll also have a haircut like Chiesa. That's, that's it for me. Hopefully, um, hopefully, um, obviously, the Usman-Colby uh, fight lives up to expectation of their first fight. Provided that he does get past um, Colby, I'd love to see a Vicente Luque versus Usman fight. I don't know necessarily... Uh, what Luke would have for Usman, but Luke is the kind of fighter that you put him in against anyone and he's got a shot. As we saw with the Kiesa fight, Kiesa undefeated at welterweight and looked to have the dominant position and the fight cinched up. Suddenly, Luke found a way to win. Uh, he did the same against Tyron Woodley, did the same against countless opponents before. So I'd love to see Luke. I love, I love just watching Luke fight. If it's for a title fight against Usman, I'm about it. Yeah, pretty pretty bummed for Kiesa. You know, he's a pretty good bloke. Um, or he seems like a good bloke. I don't know him personally. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's one of those blokes that whenever he's on the, the precipice, he kind of just falls, unfortunately. You know, he needs to win that one to get there and he just doesn't win it. But in terms of Luke, I think he definitely sees, you know, his chance to grab gold. I just don't think it's his next fight. You know, you've got too many contenders like Leon Edwards um, and those kind of guys around there. So probably not next. But yeah, I definitely say in the next couple of fights, he'll be there. Let's go listeners. <laughs> Yeah, pretty split on this one. I actually got a couple of DMs as well from a few people saying he should not look past Colby at all. Um, Colby's mm. a hard worker. Apart from Great. his, uh, his what, what do you call it? His persona that his people don't really persona. like. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. cringy, but no one ever questions his work rate. Uh, 45, yes. 55, no. Little fun one, boys, to round off. Now, 
the Olympics have just sort of finished up, so we're still in that sporting team mode, boys. Also, just the last couple of weeks, the NBA draft was on, so it got me thinking. If you had to select your starting five or seven, depending what sport it is, what sport and who and what would be their roles? Snags. Uh, I've got six to yep. bunk the rules, not Beautiful. five or seven. So no, thanks cool. for that. Uh, and I've also just realized, as you said, that mine's not an Olympic sport. Probably should be though. No, no. It doesn't need to be Olympic sport. Oh, good. Well, anyway, my statement stays true. Should mm-hmm. be Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, boys, Snags is going into the world of mixed netball. I think that's where it's at. Okay. <laughs> the fact that we haven't actually showcased mixed netball on this podcast before actually makes me feel a little bit sick to my stomach. <laughs> But I'm here to redeem the small, no, the round ball game in the hands, not on the foot, for the listeners out there. So the mixed netball team, if we had, <laughs> if we had it made up of USC finals in position, we would have John Jones at goal shooter, tallest man alive in the heavyweight division. Casey O'Neill at goal attack, just because she's aggressive and uh, just making inways. Never can't have a young rookie in that position to really make inroads. Uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley at center just because he's just got the moves to keep on getting through all those holes. Uh, Rob Whitaker at wing defense just because I think he's an absolute beast. Uh, Tron Gracie at wing attack because you're just dazzling the opposition into submission. Uh, Amanda Nunes at goal defense because ain't no one getting through that that bloody workhorse, that's for sure. And then last but not least, one another Aussie just because uh, of the height. Uh, Megan X, Megan Anderson at our goalkeeper because, uh, you know, no one's going to get through Amanda Nunes anyway. So, Megan, good to sit back there and swat a couple down if she needs to. Uh, so, boys, that's the mixed netball team uh, paying ten wins over uh, any other team that they'll play in the next season. So, get on. <laughs> You're I come up Jeez. with that in about that five amazing. seconds. Oh too. That's, <laughs> that's impressive, man. <laughs> Oh God. Sounds me. like I've done heaps of prep for that. Sounds like it. <laughs> I've gone, I, I've gone uh, football, I've gone soccer, um, and I haven't filled out an entire team because Smart. clearly I'm not as uh, as prepped as snags. <laughs> uh, but I've gone two strikers. I've got Edson Barbosa and Jose Aldo. I've gone Wonderboy Thompson as centre forward because his kicks are so fucking accurate. In the goalie position, I've got Emmanuel Yarborough. You might remember him from the first couple of UFCs, big fat sum, uh, sumo wrestler. <laughs> Huge dude. He's about 640 pounds. I can't say that. Uh, he doesn't even have to move. He's, he's right there. And then for the fullback, for the defensive team, I've gone from the best defensive grapplers because I reckon they'd be able to tie up some people. I've got Damian Meyer and Ryan Hall um, on the back line just to just to tie up the, the attackers. Well played. I think you might have Snags' mixed netball team beaten, so that's good. Uh, Frank, different you, sport, mate. Who have Jesus you gone? Christ. So I've gone into the world of uh, AFL. So straight into it, the one with the captain's armband, Cyril Garn, comes off a great performance on the weekend, goes straight into my ruck slash full forward kind of role. You know, he's, he's, he's fucking long and he's tall and he's got good movement, so get around him on the lead. After that, I'd have Askar Askarov as the rover. I'd, um, I'd make him wear the, the headgear as well. You know, you just need that bloke that just goes in and win hard balls, doesn't listen. He's actually deaf, so he wouldn't be able to listen. He just goes straight <laughs> in and win it, which is perfect. Then I'd go to Justin Gagey at half forward. Oh, nice. You know, he's got those good kicks and he'll make those crucial tackles when he's needed. And then I've got Corey Sanhagen on the flanks, just charging up and down the wing. A bit of length to him, he'd be all right. And then I've got Marab playing the kind of tagger slash Matt DeBoer role. Oh. You know, small, he's like glue and he's got good tackling. So that's my five. <laughs> oh, that fucking the you best. Stole, you stole my upcoming st- that for Askar Askarov about him being deaf. I'm so pissed off. Oh, that's fine. No, that's all good. No, it's great. I loved it. I loved it. That was so Imagine him getting around with the headgear on this. 
one of our best. Oh, shit. Uh, I put one together, boys, just in case uh, anyone's interested. Hit me. I went the world of basketball being the, the draft in the last couple of weeks, as I mentioned at the start. So I, st- I got a starting five. Point guard, I got Kai Kara France. It does actually hoop a little bit. So I know that Kai Kara France might actually be a nice little point guard. Uh, shooting guard, I've got O'Malley. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Top choice. Yeah, yeah. Shooting guard. Yeah. Real strong with his lockdown D, but he'll also split and, and take the shots that we need. Now, small forward. I need a small forward that's going to push out to the wings a little bit and drop some threes. I don't know if he's got any basketball skills, but he just looks like he'd shoot threes. Calvin Cater. Gone Calvin Ooh, Cater. like that. <laughs> yeah. I could just see him push out to the wings and then just drop a couple of like... Pre or post Holloway fight? Oh, no. shit. I don't know. I never thought about that stuff. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen an interview with him I mean, since I might say fight. pre. Can I say, I'm going to stick <laughs> with pre. Yeah, I need him to make the right... I need to make the right choices. My power forward. Now... I'm going Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's a bit older. He's got some leadership. <laughs> you need the vets on the team, and I and I think he'd be a good power forward. And my centre, I've gone Alexander Volkov. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice and skinny, my centre. Uh, he's got that length. So uh, that is my nice lovely starting. Did five. you see when you I said you got any pro- You got some problems with my starting five, Frank. I, I, the only problem I have is that Kai Car French, you, you just fucking go like this and you pop the ball. <laughs> it's four, just, isn't he? a point guard, mate. Like, you know, I don't need a lot of height in a point guard. He'll go for a jumper and I'll block him from here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see Statman when he said, oh, someone to push you out of the wings and hit some threes? He goes like this. Like, yes. You've never fucking <laughs> yeah, sunk a bucket in your life. <laughs> I should have I should have said the Statman. Should have put him in him a starting five. Boys, that rounds out a hot take. That was a good one. All right, boys, this week on Neds. Boys, Neds is the official. Official? Official? Official. We're going to England. Are we the official sponsor of the USA? Oh, yeah. And then I say a scouser. <laughs> so says to me, boys. I'm not scared of anyone. <laughs> that was leave that in. You got to leave that in. Good, that was good. Uh, I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So I'm the producer. I don't put in my mistakes. Put in your mistakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. This week on Neds. Neds is the official betting partner of the UFC in Australia. You can catch our weekly blog at neds.com.au and you can also catch it via our website, runitbackpodcast.store. Boys, no UFC this week, so I'm interested to see which way we go. Statman, which way are we going? Yeah, mate, with the Olympic Games wrapping up, we have been a little bit patriotic at the runner back offices with the outstanding crop of current UFC fighters, Australian UFC fighters like Alexander Volkanovsky, Robert Whittaker, Jimmy Crute, King Casey O'Neill. We thought we'd look ahead at the stars of the future and search the regional Australian scene for the fighters who will no doubt be hunting for the podium finish of the UFC, the lights the shining glory of the UFC uh, and hear the Australian national anthem play. That that happens, right? When, Only they, it does. when they win the title, the, the anthem plays. Only in your In head. the UFC, totally right. Lies. But they'll be seeking out that glory in the UFC at some stage. So this, this guy's not in any particular order. We just kind of wanted to have a bit of a chat about the upcoming stars uh, of Australian MMA on the stage because we've, we've seen stars like like emerging stars like Casey O'Neill in the last couple of months really uh, go 2-0 in the UFC. 
Australia is slowly being recognised as a hotbed for talent. The Oceanic region in general, like, filled to the brim with talent. And we've got five fighters here who we know in the next two to three years will be making their making their way stateside and changing the game as far as Australian MMA in the UFC. Interesting one that we're kicking off first with Statman. Someone that's already been had a run at the UFC, Rob Wilkinson. Yeah, it's a little bit a little bit rough really when you uh sign to the UFC as a middleweight uh, and your first matchup is against the Afghani warrior Siha Baha Dazada, um, who is one of my all-time favorite fighters, one of the one of the toughest guys previously in the welterweight division, moved up to middleweight. Rob Wilkinson dropped that one, and then his next fight, his last fight in the UFC against a young fighter named Israel Adesanya. Mm. Um, a very, very tough two-fight run for anyone. So thankfully he's been back on the scene since his UFC run. He's bumped up to light heavyweight and he's been um, kind of dominating ever since then. Got a win over UFC vet Dylan Andrews in 2019. Um, and he's just had a good career all told. 13-2, and 1-0 at light heavyweight. I'm very, very excited to see where he goes. I know Stamman doesn't think I ever go to UFC events, but I was at that event, Stamman. <laughs> The I Rob don't believe Wilk- it. The, Rob- the Israel Adesanya one. The Rob Wilkinson. That's, I met was Izzy that, in that Perth? night. Yeah, that was Lame. in Perth, mate. Oh, that you do Perth. casual Perth a bit. Look, boy, he's going to take number two. We're going from Perth straight to uh, the capital of Australia, Bacchus Marsh. Uh, if we left this bloke off the list, would be doing disrespect not only to the MMA world, but to ourselves uh, and the whole of Australia, in my opinion. But eternal MMA featherweight champion of Australia, Jack Jenkins, uh, as we like to call him, the mayor of Bacchus Marsh. Someone that we see very closely landing a contract into the UFC and uh, the boys will be highly aroused when he does but you know the mayor one undeniable skill in the cage undeniable work ethic as I said has the gas tank of 74 cheaters <laughs> as well and uh, mate put the man on the microphone and you've got yourself a recipe for buddy Stone Cold Steve Austin in the in the UFC that's for sure uh, seven wins six finishes uh, what else could you ask more? The man is grace a poster for himself as well because he's absolutely delicious on the eye. And uh, look, <laughs> he does his talking in the cage as we like to see, but Janko probably be in the UFC before you know it. So uh, shout out to the, the mayor of the marsh and Lestrange as well, baby. How are we? But yeah, boys, love to see Janko back in the cage, hopefully in Australia soon. Uh, probably would have had an active 21, sorry, 21, yeah, year 21, but uh COVID has kind of ruined that for us. A couple of big, big events for the boys, but we should see Janko in the cage soon. And hopefully we'll see him uh, on the TV screens on, on UFC. Uh, boys, number three, sorry, no order, but our number three on our list today is Jack Della. Uh, Jack Della is absolutely UFC ready. Jack has already signed a contender series contract as well and will appear on the series in September, I think it is. Later so on. excited for that, man. Yeah, it's going to be good. He's on a nine-fight win streak. Uh, and nine finishes as part of that streak as well. And uh, a big KO over Alden Bates. If you want to go back and uh, look, look at a, a highlight of the man, run back that one. Uh, it that was, is crazy. That was, that was it's not terrifying. often that I get out of my seat and start yelling at the screen, but I was like, because we, we'd had Alden Bates. We had both Jack Della and Alden Bates on the podcast before the fight. Um, and listening to Alden Bates quite liked the guy. I was genuinely concerned with how hard Jack Delly hit him. Hell yeah. Uh, 
uh, seemed like a really, really nice guy. It's hard to see someone that you, you like as a person <laughs> unconscious of the floor, but that fight was just exceptional for Jack Della. Yeah, absolutely. And that gym, scrappy MMA, um, breeding a lot of great MMA fighters uh, coming out of Perth, uh, which is great. And like I said, a genuine welterweight division prospect in the UFC. So I'm looking forward to the progress of Jack Della. Statman, where do we head to next? Head to, I would normally say a division that we head to, but Steve Urchig, the, the Astro boy, can, can do it in multiple divisions. So a divisional threat in the Bannerweight division and the Flyweight division. I would probably push him into the Flyweight division, obviously. It is uh, the division that's more dying for talent, although it has thickened out in recent months. He's got really, really good wins over top names in the Australian regional scene. Paul Logan, Shannon Ross, Cody Haddon and I really want to primarily primarily the reason I want to see him in the flyweight division is the potential for a future oceanic clash in Melbourne Stadium maybe two three years down the line Kai Kara France versus Stephen Urchig I reckon would be an absolute banger um, he's, sure got, he's not too busy in uh, DL's <laughs> basketball he's team. <laughs> yeah, he, he's playing. He's playing too busy playing basketball. Obviously, um, but yeah, Astro, Astro Boy, the, the the Cody Haddon fight that he had uh, recently was absolutely madness fight. as well. So very very excited, uh, and he's he's a legitimate threat in the flyweight division. Well, we got to our last one, uh, Bantamweight champion of Eternal MMA, Sean Etchell. Uh, the boys were there to see him take the strap to over Sammy Hibbard, which was uh, an absolute banging of a fight. Um, great performance by Etchell himself. Proud Tasmanian boy, so he might be able to get uh, Snags' foot in the door in terms of his political career in the uh, in the island of Tasmania. Who, never know, might be able to bring a UFC event there when he headlines at one time as well. So he's won both the Legion Bantamweight belt and also the Eternal belt not long ago aggressive striking game uh i just think he's got the tools to make it in the ufc and if uh the event that we watched live was anything to go by um sammy hibbard is uh, you know elite fighter in his own regard as well so boys etchel rounds out the uh the five that we're going to speak about on the potty and uh look the boys are probably pretty aroused so these boys get their shot and uh we'll be cheering them on when they do future's bright future's bright future. absolute future's bright uh and that's this week at neds hey stags can i address something uh, maybe for the for the last two uh, for the last two potties, uh, you've chucked a, a metaphor out there. Um, what is it? And is I it not eat, real? It's about the cheetahs and the gas tank. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cheetahs I know, they're just are, fast. I oh, know they're yeah. incredibly fast, but, but they, they gas out after gas like fifteen seconds. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that after last time, but I thought I just had to keep rolling with it. So a cheetah will, will, can hit sixty-five kilometers an hour, and then it will just like literally have to rest for like half a day. Yeah, it's the Derek Lewis of the cardio world. Yeah, baby. We're so just looking for around. 13 cheaters is not much cardio. I'm I sorry, said, man. I said 74, so that's a fair way. Oh, <laughs> they just might, rotate. Might <laughs> They'll yeah. probably do like the cardio of a cat. Oh, they don't the all have to be running at the same time if it's 74, so you can yeah, rotate tag them. In, tag out. Just speed for the whole five rounds. <laughs> they can just do like a... Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I know. I, I, I take it back. I take Disrespect it back. again. Frank, <laughs> mark that down in his book. Put it in the black book. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Boys, let's jump into our picks. Statman, we are heading to UFC Fight Night 34, I think it is. Yeah, I've got uh, UFC on ESPN 29. They Each event these days seems to have like six or seven different <laughs> yeah. subtitles, but we'll go for either of those. Yep. Um, the first match we're picking for is Courtney Casey and Liana Jojua. Both women love a finish. Casey has finished seven of her nine wins 
and Joe Dewar has finished seven of her eight victories. On the flip side, Casey has been finished in only 22% of her losses, while Joe Dewar stands at 75% of her losses coming before the final bell. Snags, you want to kick us hey, off? Well, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all three we're all tied up here. So, yeah. boys, Snags is gonna go. Statman, do you know these these fighters' nicknames? I don't. No, well, that's this. Oh, I do. What are they? Courtney Casey is cast iron, so she's named after a frying pan. <laughs> and Joe Dewar is Belbita. I couldn't tell you what that is. Uh, go to the frying pan for snacks. There's a love cooking some bacon and eggs, boys. So Courtney Casey for snacks. Uh, I think she'll get the W. <laughs> Very technical. Uh, Liana, for me, I think she got the ground game with her wrestling. She also got the reach over Casey as well. Um, and I know you boys are probably going to talk about this anyway. She's fighting for a career. She's probably the, well, she's nine and nine at the moment. So a loss will, will flip the switch the other way. Um, <laughs> I do not, I do not know. Yeah, I, was, I had another word, but I couldn't think of it. Do we have a fighter in the USC with a, uh, I don't even know what to call it now that you guys have said. A that. losing record. A losing. The only one I can think of is Rachel Mark Ostovich. Hunt. She's not in the UFC. She's not in the UFC. She's in bare knuckle. And you can't talk about bare knuckle. Mark Hunt had a terrible UFC record as well. It's it's rare, man. You can't talk about bare knuckle. Well, here we go. Is there anyone? (laughs) Is there anyone in the UFC over five fights with a losing record? I would be if I was. That would have been cut by now. Angela Hill does not have a good record. I don't think it's losing, but but yeah, she's been fighting killers since like her pro debut. So and same thing with Rose Namajunas as well. She had a pretty rough record to begin with. If you can bring other things to your C, you're probably not going to get cut. Angela Hill's in the broadcast team as well. Rose Namajunas came second on tough. So yeah, yeah. Well, so you got a little Courtney bit. Casey's dating Drakkar close. I don't know what that kid does. <laughs> Not, not, not German superstar Drakkar Close. <laughs> yeah, correct. Married to him, actually. Oh, well, that has some pull, surely. There you go. I'm just waiting for the pick. Uh, I'll take Liana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Liana Juju as well. There's, there's two main theories behind this. Honestly, I haven't put a huge amount of thought into this bout. Courtney Casey, 18 times stepped in the ring, nine times lost. Um, and for Joe Dewar, she's Georgian. Uh, Georgians have like a proud... It's almost like... If, when in doubt, pick the Dagestani, I'd pick the Georgian over over the, the American. Georgian. That's uh, I know that she's the underdog going into this, but it's like those was the old uh, John Jones promos or the old Mike Tyson records. Like eighteen men have tried, eighteen men have failed, eighteen women have tried, nine of them have succeeded against Courtney <laughs> Casey. So you know it's kind of like fifty fifty. Uh, I'm going to go Joe Dewar on this one. Well, I don't know about you, Bikes, but I work hard for my money, and this fight will not be seeing a damn cent of it. That's that's for sure. Flip a coin, honestly, with this one. Um, I could probably see something dumb like Joe Dewar dropping Casey and then getting in her guard and getting fucking Oma platted or something. So I'll go Casey. Fair go to the frying pan. And Stoney's got Stoney's gone Courtney Casey as well. So, <laughs> oh no, Stoney oh, got him off guard. I think well, we're I think we're all just kind of like shrugging here. It's just uh, ah, right. I wasn't. As soon as yeah. I heard the nickname, I was in. <laughs> next fight, next fight. Perfect. We move to the heavyweight division: Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. I've got a twofer for you, so there's a bonus fact at the end here, but Parker Porter was a 2-0 and as a pro and decided to make the difficult cut to light heavyweight for his third bout at World Championship Fighting the Third. Porter ended up missing weight, but the fight would go on. Unfortunately for him, though, the fight would be against an unknown 21-year-old John Jones who uh, <laughs> defeated him in under a minute and who was beginning his rapid ascent to the UFC. Additionally... This is the bonus fact here. Porter is 0-4 against opponents with a Wikipedia page. 
Oh, oh really? Geez. Well, that lands straight That's in that. I land straight in my hands because if he didn't have me at the vanilla griller, he had me at that stat of Wikipedia page. Uh, so. so this is this is this is hilarious because when he fought John Jones, he was the vanilla griller and John Jones was sexual chocolate. That was <laughs> yes, his nice. before bones. Yeah. Uh, so the vanilla griller was a sexual chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something from like WWE back it's in the day. Amazing. I love it. Uh, boys, I'm gonna take the vanilla gorilla, Chase Sherman himself. Uh yeah, can't go past someone with a nickname like that. I know he's coming off a loss, but uh, I think he'll peg this one back and uh, get the win over Porter. I'm taking the 35-year-old vet. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Porter. Uh, he's five and two in his last seven, so I'll take him. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Chase Sherman, but I'm I'm going to go him. I think he has the skills to go over Parker Porter in this one. There's not a whole lot to say here. Unfortunately, the tail end of the heavyweight division is a little light. Um, I see Chase Sherman taking this one, uh, and Parker Porter probably. Um, not ending up in the UFC anymore. <laughs> it got dark at the yeah. end there. This, oh, sorry. no. You realised you tried to stop yourself. I did. I, I appreciate you tried to stop yourself, actually. This is what happened with uh, Macy Barber, and then she fucking got up and won. Mate, Thanks, she did so. not win that fight, though. I stand Ash. by my pick in that fight. Ash. Frank. I couldn't agree with that, man. More Porter's, <laughs> you know, respectfully the lower tier of anything um, yeah, I, I couldn't even call him an athlete the bloke's that heavy set I've never seen anything like it uh, you know he's got pretty powerful hands but he's you know that's his best asset on the feet and to be honest Sherman's he's also he's striking and Porter is unbelievably outmatched so Sherman TK around one lock it in Stoney's gone Sherman as well uh, moving on to the featherweight division we have uh, we have Alessandro Patoja versus Brandon Royville Alessandro Pretoja has two victories over UFC flyweight champion Brandon Marino, one in the Ultimate Fighter House and one at a UFC Fight Night event in, 20, in 2018. Pantoja is Marino's last professional defeat, and with a victory over Royville, Pantoja could be setting himself up for a title fight in early 2022. Oh, this one's got me a little bit stumped, to be honest. The Raw Dog <laughs> versus The Cannibal. Hmm. Two interesting things. You would think the cannibal would eat dog because he's going to eat himself. <laughs> so I'm going to go uh, the cannibal. I'm going to go Alexandria, and I think he's going to get the W. I know he's coming off a win, and he had a loss previous to that. Uh, but I think he's going to come away with a victory and uh, cannibalize his way to another W in his uh, his record. You do pick them based on their nicknames. <laughs> is that as like, technical as Snags' inside yes. gets? Honestly, like this, as this the next night. fight comes up, I swear he loads up Sherdog or Tapology and sees the nicknames and goes, yeah. This week, animal would be this animal in a fight. <laughs> this, week, this week, I am actually on Sherdog. That is true. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Usually I just pick whatever I think. I usually I go off the odds and stuff, but I don't usually prep my prep my picks at all, which is you know highlights how shit you blokes are because I only won last season. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure as well. Cannibalism is someone that eats their own kind. Yeah, I said of course he would be. I said of course he'd be open to doing that. He's definitely going to be able to eat the dog. Cannibal eats no small feet. Uh, I feel a raw dog could easily slide away here. The problem is when you're nearly touching that gold. Jay, it's like anything. It's like a, when a team nearly gets a premiership, when an athlete nearly gets number one, and they have that fall over. Mate, if he loses this next fight, you could see a big slide off for him, and he'll never get the opportunity again. I, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be upset if my pick goes the other way because I am going against him. Pantoja, I'm taking Cannibal. Pantoja. Brandon Royville actually won a huge fan in me when with that Moreno fight. Um, mm-hmm. 
it was an amazing bout. Uh, Moreno obviously came away with the win and then had the draw <laughs> and the victory over Davison Figueredo. Pantoja is, I would say, inconsistent. I think that he is like a world beater on some days uh, and other days he he's just not there. On his good days, he outclasses uh, Brendan Royville. Uh, I'm taking Pantoja in this one. Brendan Royville has won a fan for life with the Moreno fight. Um, so if he gets up, I'm not going to be too. I'm not going to be too upset. I just think that Pantoja has the raw skills to defeat him uh, six out of ten times, maybe seven out of ten times. So I'm taking him. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a weird matchup. It's a it's it's a good matchup. It's just pretty hard to pick. I mean, I think technically Pantoja's you know more solid and more gifted. Um, but I actually see Roy Val causing him some issues with, you know, his length and awkwardness in in style. He's he's a long dude. You know, he'll be thrown down the middle with his straight punches, his jabs, his knees and his kicks to keep the range. Um, I do see it hitting the ground at some point. Uh, Pantoja's got pretty good takedowns. Um, and Roy Val's actually got really good scrambles also. So I think it's a pretty close fight, but I'm uh, leaning Roy Val by sub late in round three. Beautiful. And Stoney's got uh, Royval as well. Stoney actually paid me for my for my tips. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. That, that was a running. That was a running. Doesn't joke fucking surprise the, me, Frank. In the first in the first season. Now, so um, what's that? Open that cupboard behind. It's got a little bit of a gold glisten from back there. Is he sent you the belt? <laughs> it's in there. It's in there. <laughs> Head into the next bout. Uh, lightweight belt. We're we're thinking that this one might be the co-main, um, just from the name value. But you know the UFC's. Uh, uh, confirming their bout order like three days ahead of time. We're heading to the presumed co-main event uh, in the lightweight division, Clay Guida versus Mark O'Madson. In 2003, Clay Guida was at Silverback Classic 17 to watch his brother Jason make his pro debut. After sinking a few beers, a fight further up the card fell through and Clay, with no fighting experience and just off a deep-sea fishing vessel, offered to jump in the cage. With his brother and his father's words of warning falling on deaf ears, Clay would step into the cage against his 7-4 seven, seven and four opponent, and he would get submitted in the very first minute. 18 years later, and Guida is now competing under the UFC banner for the 31st time. Whew. Holy dooly. Inauspicious starts for, the, uh, for, for Clay Guida, but um, obviously he caught the fighting bug. Got stuck into it. Yeah, Snags, good. take us away. Oh, not going Clay Greta off that stat. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going the Olympian because how can you pass up someone that's won a bloody medal at the Olympics and that's 10 or no in the cage, boys? You cannot. Uh, so I'm going to take Mark O'Madson uh, for the victory. We're we picking a finish on this one considering we might yes. have a co main. Uh, I'm going to take him by. I'm going to him, take him by decision. I think he's just going to grind out the fight. Greta will come at him hard, but uh, I think you just get the dub via, via decision, boys. Yeah, I'm actually agreeing with Statman. Uh, not Statman. I'm going to agree with Snags on this one, which is uh, so. That's why I got confused. So I don't usually agree with you. Undefeated, and against the 53 pro fights in Clay Guida, that is insane. 53 fights. Whew. Yeah, I'm taking Madsen decision. I'll go the same Snags decision. Thank you. No My biggest disappointment with Madsen is that he got started in MMA so late. He actually made his debut. I think it was 29 or 30 years old which is uh, obviously a bit rough when you've got to make your way up through um, the upper echelon. So my biggest knock against him going into this fight is his age. He's 36 years old. He's just suffered a broken jaw in his last fight. But he's going up against Clay Guida, who's 39 years old and has many, many, many miles on him. 
Marco Madsen's one of my favorite prospects, which sounds really, really weird when you're talking about a 36-year-old, but I, I, I think that he absolutely demolishes this fight. My heart wants to say unanimous decision just because Clay Guida is routinely difficult to finish, but man, he's got 10 sub-losses on his career, and Marco Madsen does have the grappling pressure to be able to find a submission in there. I'm going sub-round three for Marco Madsen. Lovely. Um, Guida's best tool, you know, it's his relentless wrestling. He's always pushing forward. He's striking super ugly, but he'll chuck his head between your legs and go for a single or a double and just keep pushing forward. Um, but this just isn't going to work against Marco Madsen. He's a Greco-Roman specialist, and he's going to trip and throw the absolute shit out of Guida all across the octagon. Um, I think Guida's gas tank will probably give Madsen issues just because he just doesn't stop pushing forward. Um, and he's an absolute dog, but I just see... Madsen starting well winning the first two and you know potentially fading but winning by decision we don't have a finish for Stoney I think he said round one Tico we've got a we got a Madsen vote as well from Stoney flying knee we'll have to uh, we'll have to confirm didn't everyone finish. say decision everyone's gone decision let's just say so, Stoney decision oh no I went I went sub round three but Ooh, boring Ooh. he would usually Stoney copy Statman wouldn't he Stoney can text he, he, his in before he would, the event. He would want to, he would want to yeah, get away from you guys, I reckon. Yeah, he, he would. He, well, maybe he did pay me something. for my tips if <laughs> I went decision. That's true. true. Very true. We will uh, consult Stoney before we submit those tips. And we head to the main event of the card. It's time! So we have a middleweight bout between Jared Cannonier and Kelvin Gastelum. With this bout, nine of Kelvin Gastelum's last 10 appearances have been in the main or co-main slot for the event. Kananir is new to the headlining scene, but including this event, will have secured the co-main or main event slot in his last four outings. Look out. Well, both these boys have uh, come off a loss to our boy Whitaker. I don't think, how often has that happened to that man? Both, both fighters coming off a loss to the same man. Who knows? I don't. That's why I asked you. 73. <laughs> 73. It's almost as much as 74 cheaters. Uh, look, I'm going to go, how can you go the vanilla gorilla and then not go the killer gorilla? Uh, so I'm going to go Jared for the W over Gaslam. Is this a five-rounder or a three-rounder? It's a five-rounder. Oh, Jesus. That actually squeezes my pick a bit, but I'm going to stay strong. Killer gorilla for snags. Uh, I'm going to go by round three, TKO. Uh, I think the length and height of Cannonier is probably going to be too much for Gaslam. The thing that we do love about Gaslam is his durability. And I think this is just going to be one of those fights again where he gets into an absolute war. I think he's going to cop a little bit of punishment for Cannonier before he, before he succumbs to a, a round or two TKO. So I was, I was a little surprised from both Snags and DL there because Kelvin Gaslam, notoriously hard-headed, notoriously phenomenal chin, never been KO'd, never been TKO'd. I think Jared Cannonier might be the dude to do it. Um, I think we're underselling Kelvin Gastelum's uh, boxing. He's, he's routinely underrated. He's only 29 years old, but DL just touched on it. He's been in some serious wars as of late, and and we know that Jared Cannonier has somehow managed to carry his heavyweight power down to light heavyweight, down to middleweight. I thought that I was going to have like a little bit of a, a diamond in the rough here with a Jared Cannonier TKO but you boys have stitched me up. Um, so I'm going Jared Cannonier by TKO in the fourth. Ooh, the fourth. Um, I think fourth. late rounds don't favor Kelvin Gaslam. Routinely bad conditioning um, and, and his cardio is not his favorite. He's strong suit, but Jared Cannonier hits like a truck and carries it throughout his fights. So 
taking Cannoneer in the fourth. Nice. Uh, I was pretty impressed with Gaston in his last fight. I know he only fought Ian Heinish, but, you know, the dude's super versatile. He's got really good wrestling, good submissions, really good, very underrated boxing, as Statman said. Um, you know, he fights out of Southport and he's always slipping and ripping. Um, yeah, I've never been super high on Cannonier. I don't know if I've ever really rated him. You know, he's got good power, but I just don't see him putting down Kelvin. Um, he's, you know, one of the most durable dudes in the whole UFC. Um, he's definitely not going to submit him, which is, you know, he might have caught him early, but I just don't see it happening. Um, yeah, I just don't I just don't think he puts Kelvin away. I see it going later. He'll rip the Kennedy's body. Leg kicks will slow him down, take that power away. I'm going to go Kelvin by UD. Stoney's actually gone Kennedy by decision. But yeah, I, I don't know. The durability does tend to end at some point, and I'm, I think that's kind of what we're banking on is that the the accumulated damage that he's received over the course of his career you see it every now and again i thought it was going to happen after the izzy fight i thought the the fifth round on uh the fifth round between izzy and kelvin gaslam was going to spell the end to kelvin gaslam's durability it didn't it hadn't it wasn't the end of it but i think definitely that it took some uh years off his chin um if he can eat that one-two head kick from Whitaker, I think he'll be all right in this one. <laughs> that adds up, though. Like, it's, it's little little pieces, yeah. and then suddenly you got Canadier with his fucking huge fucking fist beating the shit. But, I mean, Kel- like, I I don't think, like, a wrong pick would make me happier in this one than um, Kelvin Gaslam getting up on Jerry Kennedy. have got a real soft spot for him, even though he missed weight, like, 6,000 times at welterweight and... <laughs> Tell us what he's, really he's an ideal welterweight, but the dude's never going to make it down there again. <laughs> he likes eating too much. He likes if eating too to, much. He likes if eating. I was to have a bet on this, I don't know what the rounds are set at, but I dare say with Cannonier, it's probably you know two and a half around that. I'd, I'd go overs every day of the week. Yeah. All right, boys, that rounds out our picks. We've got one segment to go, and it's our punters club. Boys, again, no good on last week's. I hope the I hope the listeners at home aren't following our. Uh, it was fucking awful. Honestly, sure it was not. terrible. What, what, what was last here, week? Yeah, what was it? Starman, just run through. Yeah, so we took the Australian Olympic team against uh, <laughs> Egypt. We lost. Oh, yeah, that was. Stony. We took the uh, the Broncos was so one to twelve against North Queensland Cowboys. We lost. Yeah, yeah no, they went plus thirteen. Yeah, that's crazy. That was devastating to watch. Uh, we took uh, Richmond one to thirty nine against Fremantle. Which lost, and then um, some genius took Jose Aldo Kick, against Pedro Munoz and won. But uh, yeah, a, a quarter, quarter of our, uh, our bets got up, which is we brilliant. usually miss by one leg, so it's actually it's actually one, refreshing so to miss by three. <laughs> You'd rather lose all of them than oh, just one, wouldn't you? Oh, hundred yeah. francs, it's frustrating. 100. You want to lose the first one if you're going to lose them. All right. You don't want to lose the last one. It's <laughs> awful. All right, let's straighten up this round, boys. Snags, you are our investor this week on the Neds Up. Boys, this week, because Snag is the investor, we're going to go two for each. I'm going to go around the grounds, get one from each year, and then I'm going to come back to you as Dio. What's your first pick? All right, Arizona Cardinals play what? a preseason game. Uh, Dallas Cowboys only scored six points in the Hall of Fame game. So what I might do is take the game, total game, at under 40 points. Are you wearing their beanie, Dio? I am wearing their beanie, actually. Very good eye there, Statman. Under plus forty is one dollar ninety. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think, I don't know if in the first preseason game you even play K one. Maybe he plays a couple of snaps. That's about it. When's that? When's that game happening? Saturday the fourteenth. I'm pretty sure it is. Nice work. Yeah, sweet. Statman, hit me with your pick. What do you got? 
Yeah, I'm going William Knight over Fabio Charant in um, the UFC. And I'm also going uh, Mark Madsen over Clay no, Guida, no, also well, in the UFC. Didn't listen, but anyway. Isn't that like two weeks away? Ah, but yeah. it's before the next podcast. Oh, clever. So Take what are we going on the UFC. Say again. Uh, William Knight over Fabio Charant, $1.41. Mark Madsen, $1.61 over Clay Guida. That's good odds for Madsen. I'd slam it's, that. It's amazing odds. Like, honestly, like... He should be like a dollar ten. You hit the nail on the head as well. Like Clay Guida, he's striking sloppy, but it's all there to set up his grappling pressure, and you're just not going to grapple pressure a Greco-Roman gold medalist. Like a medalist, <laughs> you're just not going to do it. Madsen in, Knight in. Frank, Beautiful. you got one or two for me. Uh, I've got one to start you off. Um, I'm going to go to the uh, football preseason in England. I'm going to go my team, as I say this, off camera, uh, Arsenal, um, <laughs> just because they're versing Brentford and their logo's a B. So judging by Stats's <laughs> method, a cannon kills a B. <laughs> well, that was Snags. Man. Don't don't lump me in with Snags here, Sorry, mate. Snags, $1.87. <laughs> that, that's my first league. Arsenal. Over Brentford, dollar eighty-seven. Yep, copy in the bet slip. Uh, deal, deal. No, he's going to do. Well, if you listen to the thing, you're supposed to do your second on the second way around. Deal, <laughs> hit me with your second pick. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I'm actually going to the world of the MLB. What month are we in at the moment? We in the eighth month. We are. <laughs> This is all these games are tomorrow that you're going to bet on. Well, I think. The, this is perfect. Uh, that's all right if it's tomorrow. That's all good. Uh, my team, the Chicago White Sox, yeah, <laughs> are playing the Minnesota Twins. Not a real team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, you're taking it. Yeah, I, I'm taking the White Sox. Okay, done. I'm glad your team's going to get up. Dollar fifty three. <laughs> done. They're in the bet. Is it, is it the Twin Cities or something? Is that what? Is that what it is? Is that what Minnesota? Wait, who are you taking? The Twins or the White Sox? No, White Sox. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. Frank, second pick. Give it to me. I'm going Chase Sherman over Parker Porter. There is no way Parker Porter wins this fight. Let me just get that in. And whoever picked, I think Dio picked him. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Sherman. There you go. In Minnesota Twins are named after the Twin oh, Cities. There you in Minnesota. go. Educational. Oh, there you go. Well done. Okay, Snag's got the last two picks rounded out, boys. Uh, I'm also going to go to the world of uh, the NFL. Preseason's coming up, as we all like to hear. I'm going to take a, a safe-ish one. Kick us off. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay over the Cowboys at $1.35. I think that'll get us up pretty clean. Uh, and then the second bet I'm going to take, I think, look, boys, I almost took us the world of bowls. Oh, uh, just because. Yes. Mate, there's not much out there at the moment, Statman. And I thought to be myself, some value in the role. Oh, there a is. A lot of value. They're all tomorrow. And I was just thinking, you know, if you haven't seen Wayne Wilgress bloody up against Jonathan West in your time, get around it because those boys can roll some things down the carpet. John West. All right, mate. Jonathan <laughs> West, yeah. Tell you what, that's a fishy bet, boys, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on that, I think... Should have kept that in the can, mate. Do you reckon he ever gets laid because of his name? Do you reckon he's like, yeah, it's like John West. Wayne's Wayne's paying $1.67. Wayne's paying $1.67, so it's a a bit hard not to take. Uh, But I'm not going to take that. I'm actually going to go to the world... Of soccer, I'm going to take a, a thing from Frank's book. I think I'm actually going to go back. I'm actually going to back to the NFL because I couldn't find a good one, and I'm going to go the Seahawks over the Colts, uh, paying dollar fifty-eight. Uh, nice. So, boys, that takes us to 
a multi of $50.34. Uh, so $503 return if you get that. Jesus Christ. That's nice. All right, that's a wrap on episode 56. If you like what we're doing, please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Got heaps of content coming up like usual, boys. Uh, if you haven't already checked it out, check out our website, runitbackpodcast.store. Um, you can grab all our merch there as well. Big, big, big thank you to Frank for jumping in for Stony this week. Thanks, Frank. Uh, Frank will uh, probably be popping up now and again if someone from another boys uh, have a rest of the day. I think he passed with flying colours. What do you reckon, boys? Oh, give him oh, his own no. show. He was no, chucking out some stats as well, so I feel, I feel comfortable <laughs> stepping away for a bit. He needs to fix the gain in his mic before he gets his own show. Uh, <laughs> fix it in post, brother. <laughs> And if you would like to see a little bit more of Frank's content, it's Ascendant MMA on Instagram. We will tag the account in the description to this podcast episode. Really good accounts and really good breakdowns by Frank and Ryan. Um, That's us for episode 56, boys, on Producer DL. I am Sugar Snags. I'm the Statman. I'm Frank, not Dylan. <laughs> we'll run it with all you boys on the next Runner Back podcast. Uh, that's the best. I, I still remember when we first met Frank. I was like, what's your real name? And he's like, it's Frank, not Dylan. And then it's just stuck. It's his nickname in the group chat and everything. <laughs> Frank, not Dylan. It's got a nice ring to it. You've, 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 you've it does. That. that was great. That was awesome. I work in sales, mate. I fucking.